We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost. It. I never got it first time. I was just sat here, it was all ready to go, and then I plugged my headphones in and I was like, can't hear anything. So I've just, they've just gone in the bin, and then I've just managed to search through my my useful drawer of everything um, and and find another pair. So, how you doing, mate? You good? Yeah, all right, man. Yeah, beautiful sunny morning up here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so you, you're probably in the birds in the background here because I've got the, uh, the, the nice. door that's sat by the back door. So. And you're probably at the train station as well because I was just I was just listening through the headphones and I thought I can hear announcements from the train station across the <laughs> Superb. <laughs> so the bike's picking it up really well. I'm all for a bit of background noise, mate. See if anyone notices. Yeah, it's fine. It's all right, mate. Yeah, so you've been exercising this morning then? Just out for a couple of miles walk, mate, to be honest. Mm. But it's, it's, it was too nice not to. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, if I don't do it now, uh, I've got the, the, the pod with you and then I'm working at one. Okay. And I'm on one thirty till midnight, roughly. So oh, it's like, well, okay. if you don't go out now, yeah, yeah. let's be realistic, mate. You're not gonna. Um, I could catch the first hour of the Tour de France before I uh, took off. Watch lots of skinny guys uh, on bikes. Yeah, I've missed. I've missed the past couple of days actually. Cause I usually watch the uh, watch the highlights at the end of the day, but I'm so stuck over in Northern Ireland for the past couple of days, and I've just not. I've not. So I'll catch up this week and see where we're at. I believe yeah. it was a, a bit of a smash on day four, wasn't there, or something? So uh. yeah, they've, they've been the usual first week nerves, but uh, I, I must have—I didn't see yesterday. But I gather uh, Kevin just got pipped at the post. Didn't he? Uh, yeah. He went for a long, a two hundred and fifty meter sprint. Yeah. And uh, just got pipped at the post, so he must have had that going through his head. I've done it. I found it, and then the wheel just. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> but uh, there you go, mate. So good yourself. Yeah, good mate. Yeah, so uh, usual was wide awake at five o'clock this morning. So I was thought I'll just go downstairs, have a cup of tea, and then I thought oh, I'll just go, just go out and have my run now. So I went out, um, nice deserted streets and trails around here. So yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, didn't, didn't even see anybody on the uh, the walk of shame this morning, and it's, uh, it's <laughs> and I was really surprised about that because last what night is- I, I didn't go, but last night was the uh, reunion of my old unit in town here, and I thought there's going to be some. There's going to be a lot of mess out in the streets, but no, I think they must have all gone to bed. We're getting old now, aren't we? So they must have all gone to bed early. Um, What's the world coming to, Steve? I know, mm-hmm. I know, I know. Because usually, you know, if I think back, sort of, well, I was going to say twenty years then, but well, thirty, forty years. Yeah, then. No <laughs> if I think back now, they'd probably still be fighting in the streets with students at this time of the day. So <laughs> things, <laughs> things have changed. No doubt, I'll see it on, on Facebook later on. So yeah, so I was just getting out. Um, I was thinking about just going out and just doing a mile just for the run streak because I've got the say the Snowden half marathon tomorrow mm-hmm. and I've got unfinished business with Snowden because of DNF last time I ran a race around Snowden oh, right. um, so yeah but now I've got out like you say it was so nice I was like oh, just, do, just do a 5k oh, and come back and, and it's perfect up here it's one of the few mornings there's not a breath of wind so it's, it's actually genuinely mid 20s here right, okay. uh, yeah. instead of being mid 20s on paper but with a with a breeze so yeah uh, one of ten days, but it's actually you can shut your eyes and convince yourself you're uh, 
somewhere nice and warm on your holidays. Yeah, and I, so I was looking at the weather. Well, I was looking at a couple of pictures popped up on Facebook of the fan dance, and it doesn't look too bad down there either uh, today. Which uh, yeah, um, it, and again, so probably something I was going to touch on today as well. And I don't, I don't think it's maybe the the death of the fan dance, but it, it just seems the past couple of events have gone down to like, especially with AEE, just down to the one day. <coughs> um, and I don't know whether that's because the market's now saturated because you've got you you've got sort of three or four organisations doing it now, or or, mm. or whether some organisations have got better marketing than others, or or I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it just just seems odd that you know. So I know there's a lot of people looking towards looking forward to like Trident and double tap and things and. That's not going to be happening um, this summer. So, yeah, yeah, quite. Strange. I mean, it, it is niche. It is. Um, and for something I've been thinking quite a lot about this morning, thanks to a Facebook memory, pre, pre-COVID life yeah. and how everything is now, you know, it, it was on, the AEE was on the crest of a high, mm. running into it, 2019. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there were people getting turned away from that event. Yeah, um, but yeah. the, the Saturday was full, the Sunday not so many people in my age, the over 50s age category, which you had yet to graduate to in those days. Uh, yeah, yeah, now and then. Um, but it, it's swings and roundabouts. I'm sure it will come back, but it, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't market, and I, um, that's that's the joy of, of when I first got to tabbing. I had to stumble across tabbing by mistake, kind of, when I was looking for something to fundraise for. Um, so you have to go looking for it. Um, unless you go on to Britain's top 10 toughest challenges or, mm. or whatever. But, uh, nice one, mate. Hooked off your nose for four. <laughs> leg. <I> saw that. <laughs> um, that's, that's good, always good for radio uh, when you uh, commentate on what's going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll Too try funny. not to do that again. Still radio flies or wasps or whatever, just suddenly flying around me yeah. out of the back garden. So. But no, I, I'm, I'm sure it'll come back stronger. Yeah. Because it's. it's well, I'll certainly be looking to be on it next year. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think I think if you, even if you look, I think when it was coming to sort of that crest as well, you had an abundance of the TV programs like SES Who Does Wins and all that, which was sort of again that was quite high. And, and I've noticed this year now they've said that they're not doing the the normal civilian version of that; they're just doing the um, the celebrity version of it. That, that's that, that's all the filming this year. Um, so yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure it, you know it is swings and roundabouts and things come back. And I was having that discussion in work, you know, this week about you know something completely unrelated, which was like the driver shortage that we had a couple of years ago, and people mm. were going, "Oh God, is it over?" I went, "Yeah, it's over for a couple of years, and then it'll come back and it'll go away again." And and it's uh, you know, I think that's the benefit of sort of getting to our age, isn't it? You know that everything <laughs> is just a circle. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, even if you look at the world, you know, we'll we'll be afraid of Russia, then we won't be afraid of Russia, and now we're afraid of Russia again. So, it's, yeah. <laughs> everything just goes around in circles. But yeah, well, I think yeah, I saw your Facebook post this morning, and it's been a, um, I think it's been quite a turbulent four years for everybody, hasn't it? Um, really. Yeah. It's. It, I say. I think it's not something that I was planning on getting into depth on, but from a personal level, the things I was doing in twenty nineteen. Are nothing close to, to what I'm doing now, um, and I'm still trying to come to the conclusion whether that's just me. Is it deliberate, or is it just the way that we've come out of hibernation? For um, I mean, again, I, I was saying to someone yesterday, we forget just how strict the lockdown was when it first mm-hmm. came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you stuck to the rules, that is. Yeah. 
Um, it, it was really tough and it did make you stop and think about a lot of things. I've not consciously made any actual lifetime lifestyle choices, but um, you know, it's, it's different then and now. And I have to say overall, I'm much happier now than I was in the run up mm. um, into 2019. But, yeah. um, well, it's an interesting one. I'm sure we could do a whole hour and a half on um, you know what you used to do versus what you do now. What what made you happy then yep. versus what makes you happy now? But it's it's worth giving twenty minutes of thought to on an, on an individual level. Yeah, and I think you know fitness wise, uh, and I think I've touched on I'm touching this in the the episode I did with with Carl Russian as well. That you know, and I think the same thing happened there. That you know, my I think my fitness through lockdown was really good because there was nothing else to do really. That that was all there was. It was you know, I was working from home. Um, all the time so if if work died off I could just go out for a run and do what I did and I think that when I come out of lockdown I, you know mm. th- there was a lot of changes for me personally but um, yeah fitness didn't seem like a priority and I thought and I think as well I think what I actually did as well is I took it for granted that I was fit and I could do these things um, yeah. and and although the spine which we'll talk about in a bit w- was a big event for me um, this year to sort of get back on track um, tomorrow is bigger in a way because I think it was it was about sort of twelve to eighteen months ago when I think I had taken my fitness for granted. I rocked up to Snowden to do, which was basically at, at just over a half marathon distance around mm. Snowden, and DNF'd it like seven miles, mm. <laughs> and and uh, that that quite shook me at the time. And I was like, I think I thought my, my fitness is gone. I can't I can't do this anymore. And it wasn't just fitness; it was the whole mindset because. You know, I'd got to a point on that race where I'd done a, I'd done a few hills in that race, and I'd got back down to the bottom of Snowden, and we were going to go back up Snowden again, and it was a hot day, mm. um, and I knew I was near the road, um, I knew I wasn't too far from the road there as well, and I just wasn't confident in the fact that I was going to get back to the top of Snowden, and I thought mm. if I do get back up there, um, and then I can't carry on. You know, it's it's going to be a rescue job because I was really suffering with sort of heat exhaustion and just lack of fitness and everything, and that that quite shook me for a while after that. And I thought, Christ, it it it's gone. And I say, what well, once we've sort of gone into the spine of it, I've um, I think one thing it has done for me, and I will talk about that, is completely changed the way I train. Yeah. Um, because the training for sort of these big races and these long distances in the past was always about that traditional building up your distance going longer, going harder, and then sort of tapering off. Um, and people are probably going to hate me when we get into talking about this later, but I've done none of that. Um, I didn't, for, for the span, I didn't do any. I did one um, run, which I think was on Coronation Weekend in the Brecon Beacons of 20 miles, mm. um, where I got the same elevation in as the spine race, but did half the distance. And that was the and that was just the confidence builder, really, to go out and do that. Um, luckily, as well, to even build the confidence even more, the weather was shit, <laughs> as it usually is down there. Uh, it was a really sort of bad day weather-wise, um, and I went out and I did the twenty. I did twenty miles. I did, I think, about six thousand feet of elevation within that twenty miles, mm. um, and I finished. And I thought, yeah, that's, uh, uh, the, the, the confidence is back there now. But I think t- tomorrow for me, in some ways, is a bigger event than the spine race because I want to go out and I want to prove I can run up and down Snowden, <laughs> get back to the bottom, yeah. and just and just get rid of that demon really. Um, have you got a time in mind or is it no. more about just you against the course no, yeah, I, that's I think, the yeah it, it's pretty much so I was looking at the routes I've done the route before um, in, in training um, this one 
but many, many, probably about six or seven years ago, I did this route. I just went out. I was training for the fan dance actually, and I went out and did this route loaded. Um, again, and you know, my fitness was. I don't know. I don't know really because I think it was. It may have been before. I can't, I can't work out when it was. I'll have to sort of trawl back through Strava. But it may have been before. No, it wasn't before my first fan dance. It was probably before my second second fan dance. Um, I didn't do it like that. But you know, I went up and my fitness was pretty good. And I went up and did did this route loaded. Um, but yeah, but it'll be interesting to get out there tomorrow and just just get up onto the hills and and, and do it. Um, and it's probably, I think this is going to be. I've got maybe sort of two more events um, this year, and then it's. Um, and, and there's something I wasn't going to talk about, which I'm going to do next year, but I can talk about because the podcast won't go out until after I've I've, I've confirmed on it. <laughs> um, so so yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that later on. So. Yeah. Um, well, I was. Actually, I'm glad you you mentioned spine in the training because I was hoping to quiz you. Yeah. Or just just to get you off because I'm curious to hear first of all how it was to do the spine race, but also I, I knew in advance that you had just gone about the training in in being consistent rather than lengthy. Um, yeah. Running. Um, so anytime you would like to start, let's start with the actual spine race because yeah. I. I did something I've never done before. Mm. Um, I did a bit of dot watching that yeah. weekend, um, and I was watching the Spine Race and the West Highland Way Race. Right, I, had okay. a I, had, uh, I had you in one, and another friend um, okay. in another. Yeah. Um, and so it was like making up for years of not dot watching. I was uh, I had it on one of my phone and one on, the, <laughs> on my laptop. So um, just how was it? I mean, from from start to finish, from from. You, we messaged before you started. You were having your coffee, chilling. Yeah. So, so yeah. So obviously, I'd done the spine sprint before, and I did it. It was about it was it was mid lockdown, I think, because um, they cancelled the winter spine, and then they opened up the summer spine, and they brought in this brand new race, which was the sprint. And I thought, yeah, give that a go. That seems all right. Um, and if I just go back, sort of quickly about what happened on that race, did it, um, finished it, um, but got about twenty miles into that. Um, and it was not, it was a hot day again. Uh, ran out of water. Um, panicked a bit because I was like, "Shit!" I, I, I had water filters with me, but I was like, I, I, "I'm out of water here now. What am I going to do?" And I got down to the um, not the Snake Pass, the Woodhead Pass, just about to cross there. And I saw this mountain rescue team, and I thought, "I'm this." This was my sort of. Um, this was my education of of, of the hand holding and the spine. So I saw the mountain rescue team, and I thought, "Great." They're going to give me some water. So uh, I ran down there, um, empty water bottles. I went, have you got any water, mate? And he looked at me like he had two heads. And he was mm. like, no, stream's up there, mate. Um, and he had water. He just wasn't going to give it to me. He was like, no. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no you've, you've, you've joined a, a self-supported race here. Piss off. Uh, he did actually give me about 250 millilitres of water. He went, yeah, just to keep you going. Yeah, he, just, he didn't want you to drop dead. <laughs> no, that's all no. that. Yeah. You'll get a couple hundred metres away, um, <laughs> and it won't be his fault. So, um, so this time, um, again, we were going into the spine race, and, and, I, and I knew the logistics of this this time as well. So last time as well, I drove up to Edale, parked the car there, and then ran up to Hebden Bridge, got the train all the way back to Edale. That was a pain in the arse. Mm. So this time I just trained it all the way. Trained up to Hathersidge the night before. Um, got some really nice digs, um, uh, which I wasn't expecting. So I booked, mm, I, I booked a room in a pub, and when I got there, they were like, oh, you're in the cottage. So I had this whole cottage to myself, um, which I think was a cock-up, because the next morning, 
and when I was having breakfast there was a guy in the next table because it was quite busy moaning about the fact that he booked the cottage and they put him in a room I'll finish, finish my breakfast got me stuff and did one uh, <laughs> But, but I think he'd been compensated for it anyway, and he wasn't wasn't that bothered. But I thought, oh well, if, if it's clearly that, that's a good omen. So um, shot up to um, Edale that morning on the train, um, went to kit check, um, and the way the kit check works on a spine race is they um, so, so you basically turn up and they randomly either check every single piece of your kit or they allocate a colour to you, and on that on those colours they check certain items of kit. So um, got directed over to Kitchek um, to a uh, a fellow black sheep, Martin Yardy, who happened to be there, nice, um, nice. and I thought I oh, was going to go easy on me, um, but um, it, I was I was the colour blue, so there was a, still about seven or eight items that needed to be checked. And again, learn my lesson there as well, because last time when I went to Kitchek, everything was neatly packed in my bag. Got to Kitchek, everything's out. So this time mm. I just packed everything into a big um, Aldi bag for life, just threw it all in. And I thought I'll, I'll pack when I'm finished because I've got I've got an hour or so to sort of pack after that. So I went through kit check absolutely fine, got got where I needed there. Sat around for a bit. <clears throat> Actually made the first episode of the, uh, the the spine coverage, which was great um, as a star. Um, and then then started off. And it was really again um, started off raining. Um, so stood around at the start for a bit. Shall I put waterproofs on? Shall I not? Now it's going to go off. It didn't go off. So we all, pretty much all had our waterproofs on and head head off. Until about three miles in, when the rain stopped and it's blazing sunshine again, um, and again I was really nervous about water because although um, it had rained then, I think that had been the first rain that had been up there for about six, yeah, six yeah, days. Yeah. Um, so again, this time I'd invested in a really good water filter, and um, it was only about thirty, forty quid, um, a Life Straw uh, bottle, um, and with a water filter on the top, um, rather than just the cheap sort of fifteen quid the one I got last time, which wasn't much cop really. Um, so um, went over Kinder um, I was trying to conserve water drinking just what I needed really then got over onto Bleaklow over the Snake Pass and there were streams everywhere they were, they were just running with water so what I made sure I did this time was stopped at every single stream if I had a <clears throat> if I had a half empty water bottle or a, you know, what have you I'd finished that off as I was coming to the stream refill it and, and refill the, um, the filter as well so there's water in that so in the end, water wasn't an issue at all. There was there was plenty of water, um, and I think nutrition-wise, I dialed that in as well. Um, because the last time I'd just taken gels, cereal bars, and again, by you know, if you're if you're out for sort of 13, 14 hours, there's only so much sugar you you can stand. Really. Yeah, well, it's half the battle of doing any sort of length is to know what suits you and and at what stage things suit you because yeah. um, even when I used to cycle you get sick of gels and you'd, oh, God, yeah. you'd be gagging for a bacon sandwich or a yeah. or something absurd. I know, so, so this time I, I had a number of gels with me, a few cereal bars and what have you. I had um, a big bag of um, corn squat, scotch eggs um, which were great. Um, another bag of baby bells which I'd never even thought of as a, as a sort of race food but they're perfectly packaged for a race food aren't they? Yeah. Um, mm. So so I had that as well, and that all worked really really well for me. So so um, nutrition wise, it was fine. Um, again, <clears throat> just had the goal of. I initially had the goal of sort of maybe twelve thirteen hours, probably a bit ambitious. 
Um, but I thought if we beat last time, then then I'll be happy with that. Uh, and it came in about sort of ten minutes, ten minutes under that, so I was I was really happy with it. But again, just really, really enjoy- this time rather than being anxious about the event when I was in it, just really, really enjoyed it. And I met up with a couple of people, had a few chats, and and that's one of the things I really, really like about Ultra is that you run along, you catch up with somebody, you have a bit of a chat, and there's no discussion about whether you're going to run together or you're going to take off or you're going to drop back. You chat for a bit and then you just sort of drift away from each other and there's no there's no agreement, there's no nothing, but you meet lots and lots of people. And yeah. I remember meeting somebody just over halfway who, who was pretty much struggling. Um, and I got chatting to her and she was she was um, bimbling along in the end. And she was like, oh, I don't know why I come out here, I don't know why I do these things. And, and my attitude at that point, um, I had a massive smile on my face and my attitude was, I'm so lucky that I get to do these things. I get to come out yeah. here and I get to do this. And I, I was just enjoying it and the sun was just starting to go down. And I had a chat to her um, and it's a really it's a really interesting part of the race once you get halfway on the sprint because you've done the you've done the most climbing of the day already because you go over Kinder, Bleaklow, and then Black Hill, which is um the highest point in Cheshire, which is which is it's a complete bastard to sort of get over at that point. And you start to go down this really lovely path down the side of a reservoir, and it's, it goes on for miles. You can see it going on for miles, and you think, "Oh God, this is an amazing path." Um, but once you've been on it for about a mile and a half, there's just a little sign that says Pennine Way to the left, and you just come off that path and drop down this steep ravine into a valley, um, and it's really steep going down. And you look at the other side, and you think, "I've got to go up the other side now." Um, yeah, but well, so of course, that, that's half the fun, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, but I sort of knew that was there, um, so I, I wasn't sort of kidded by this this path. And as I was talking to this this uh, woman on the way down, I said, you know, I, I could see she was thinking, oh, this is going to be all right. I said, look, we're, we're coming off here now, and we're going to go down into that valley and go up the other side. And we stuck together and went up there, and she was fine. Um, and then we went for a bit, got into Mars the Moor, and then sort of split up. And she finished, saw her at the end, and she was probably about an hour behind me. Um, but but she she got the job done. But it was it was just nice that I spoke to different people and then um, got to. I think the next place I was looking forward to was just before you get to the M sixty two. You go over the M sixty two, and this is when you were messaging me. I think you you were just, yeah you you were. Well, you, you, fair enough, you you stopped. stopped. Yeah, and I know you mentioned that there's a, a a snack van that stays open, and I thought well you'll, you'll stop for a cheeky yeah veggie, veggie burger for ten minutes yeah. Being the consummate professional that he is, you'll 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 eat it on the run yeah. and get going. And you, you obviously in the real world you take a bit of rest. Yeah, um, yeah. Because <laughs> I was start I start to worry. So I'm gonna have to phone the bugger and wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it, it was really funny actually because you come over and you've been in the middle of nowhere for hours, and then I come down and you can just see you can see this big radio mast, and you can just see this container by the side of the motorway, um, like an ISO container. Um, mm. And I got down to it, and then um, as you get close to it. After being in the sort of middle of nowhere for hours, I got around the other side and there was music blaring. There was disco lights. It was full. Yeah. Of, it was full of people. Again, Martin Yardy, um, he came up and uh, met us up there as well um, as part of the spine safety team. So I had a bit of a chat with him. I didn't have. A, and again, I, I had all sort of plans to have a veggie burger. And the same as last time, I got there just didn't want one. So yeah. uh, pretty much all I wanted, and I think I spoke about this in a couple of videos, was a cup of tea, a can of coke, and a packet of crisps. And, and and that that I thought if I have that I, I'll be I'll be happy as a pig in shit and yeah. and I was and I had had that so I was there I think I was there for about twenty minutes because um, mm. I sat down I thought I'm just going to have this cup of tea and um, 
you've got like you've got about 14 miles to go from there and it's a really yeah. it's it's a pretty it's a pretty monotonous 14 miles because this is you know and you, you go over um you go over a short hill which is you know pitch black at that point so you've got to watch your, it it's very technical you've got to watch your foot over there but then you do go along this reservoir for about six mm. miles um and then you go across the um colder into the colder valley over, over the moors there um so we i did that came down um and you as you come down off that that hill there's a there's a pub called the white house who um used to be quite spine friendly but now they're like they don't want spine races in there because you've got muddy boots so um but the <laughs> i know i know um but the spine safety team always set up in the car park there as well just to sort of make sure that you're all right um but the i think you must draw the short straw on a spine safety team if you're in that car park because it's also um, a well-known dogging spot. <laughs> so... Oh, you see the short straw. <laughs> and you just you just come down and there's this Land Rover park there. There's these two people sort of stood on the edge and there's all these cars parked in the back with their headlights on and music going. Well, I suppose if you look at it from the point of view of a dogger, if you're a dogger and you turn up for your usual evening, fuck me, it's busy tonight. I know. I know. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, went, went past there and then along the reservoirs and then got up onto these moors. And at this point, you've got about, I think, got about five five miles to go. Um, weather had been all right all day. <clears throat> um, I hot, say, apart from the rain at the start, there'd been nothing. So again, out in the middle of nowhere, completely bleak. There's nothing there. There's not a tree. Um, you're just going along these sort of slabs across the moors. Uh, and then there was this massive flash in the sky, and I was like, "What was that?" And I thought, "No, it can't be." The sky was pretty clear, and I thought, "It can't can't be lightning because the sky is clear. Um, must be a train in the distance or something." You know, sort of. It um, went a bit further, then there was another one, and then within about sort of five or ten minutes, there was just lightning <laughs> all around the moor. Um, and you know, I'm there with like these two carbon poles. I've got electric devices yep. on me, um, and I'm thinking, right, I need to get down here. And I look back over my shoulder, and I can see stretching right out into the distance, lots and lots of head torches, and, I, and and they all start to move faster at that point. Doesn't matter how yeah, tired you are, you want to get down off that boat. Because I think the the advice that had been given to us at the time was, look, you know, there might be thunderstorms today, and if there is, get off the tops as fast as you can. And if you can't get off the tops, and you you feel, you know you feel the sort of static electricity and you might get struck. You know, really great advice. Crouch down and put your hands over your ears. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, it's, it, it, it's up there with, um, if you see the lightning coming, just jump at the last minute and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I, I got I got down, I say the lightning was going on. There was no thunder, there's just, just this real sort of, and it was beautiful to watch, beautiful electrical storm, but a bit scary at the time. Um, come down and drop down into Hebden Bridge, run on the canal, and then the last half mile, is um, they've the, the basically put the finish line of the sprint in the youth hostel there, which is on top of a hill, and the last half mile is about an eight percent climb <laughs> up, to, up to the finish line. Um, so I go over the finish line, got in there, and again the spine team are brilliant. As soon as you go in, they sit you down, they take your shoes off for you, take your poles, um, like label everything up for you, um, sit you down. What do you want to eat? So I had some food. And this was say this was about sort of quarter to three in the morning at this point. So the first train out of there was nine o'clock in the morning. So I was just like, if you you know, you know can can have a bed? Yeah, no problem. So I basically found a sofa, but got my head down there for a few hours, and then got the train out in the morning. So yeah, so it was a it was a different race than the first time I did it because I enjoyed it. Um, whereas it was all about 
I was thinking a lot on that first race about the finish line and getting to the finish line and I was really much more in the moment this time and just enjoying every single bit of it and, and looking around because and the other reason I was enjoying it as well is because I thought you know when I do this again in January when I do the longer distance a lot of this is going to be pitch black <laughs> and I'm not going to see it um, and it's probably going to be covered in snow um, so it's going to be a completely completely different race in January which we'll probably talk about as well um, but yeah really 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 enjoyed it and I was, I was, the only reason I was apprehensive apart from the water side was because the, the, the way I'd, I'd changed the training. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so training wise. <laughs> um, so like I said, initially when I, I did the the, the, the the original one, the training did sort of build up with a couple of 30 mile runs. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll call this the, the traditional Approach. The traditional approach, yeah. It, it, it's what every, it's what I would imagine you do. It's what you imagined you would do. Yeah. Where if you're going to run a long distance, you prepare for that by probably running two thirds to three quarters of the distance, two or three times in the six week run up yeah. before the taper. Um, and I would that might even be written in tablets of stone somewhere in whatever. Yeah. But but so second time round. Yeah, so uh, I've I've listened to a few podcasts over the past past year or so with people like uh, Camille Heron, um, Chad Wright, ex sort of Navy SEAL, which is he's a bit more of a sort of Jedi version of David Goggins, a bit more chilled. Um, and again, the, the you know real sort of accomplished ultra runner, especially Camille Heron. You know, if you know comrades race and all that, she's she's up there. If not winning it in the sort of top ten. Um, yeah. And when you look at her training, she doesn't really do many long runs at all. Um, and Chad Wright as well also said, you know, there's, there's no need to be doing this. You just need to, it's consistency, it's getting out there uh, and it's doing it. So if I think about, um, I think, was it last year, the year before, started at a run streak. Um, probably, I think I lasted about 40 days. And then mm-hmm. I, I actually, um, what, what actually broke that streak was, I just forgot. One day I just went to bed and I forgot to run, and the streak was broken. And I was like, "Oh, sod it! it it's broken now." I'm not, yeah. Um, but this time, um, you know, and the thing that started the running streak this time was my fiftieth birthday, and that was like depressed. I'm going to be fifty, so it was January the twenty third, I think it was, or twenty first, twenty third. And I thought, right, I'm going to run. It's a month to my birthday. I'm going to run every day until my birthday. Now that's what I'm going to do. And the the rules of the run streak are you've got to run at least a mile. I thought, yeah, doable, doable. Even even if you forget, um, you know, and, and it has happened um, where I've gone to bed um, over the past sort of six months or so, forgotten to run, and thought, Christ, it's ten o'clock at night. Yeah. I've forgotten to run. I can go and run a mile and and be back in bed in in ten minutes. Absolutely. Including your cappuccino shower. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so I started that, um, and initially it was just sort of getting out and just doing it. Um, and you know, I like Greg Bradley on it as well, and he's up to I don't know, he's in the thousands now. It's ridiculous, but it's hats off. Yeah, and and he's he's spoken about the run streak, and I think, well, not until you get probably over the two month period, um, does it starts to become a part of your life up until then it's a bit of yeah I'll just get out and do it um, mm-hmm. whereas I think once you got to that sort of 60 days it, it becomes part of your identity and that you're the it, guy it, who it goes it goes I, I have a very short I think I lasted 28 days yeah you go from it being an obsession to being it routine yeah it's just what you do I, I'm, the yeah, guy, it, I'm the guy who runs every day 
um, yeah. and, and that's it. And that for me has probably been the um, been the, the the strongest part of the training. Really, is just getting out and doing it every day, even when you don't want to. Um, and you know, I know that um, I try to get my runs done in the morning. There's sometimes like like this week when I'm flying off somewhere for work where I've got to be on the you know I was got to be on the road for sort of three in the morning to get to Liverpool Airport yeah. to get the plane out where I'm probably not going to get up at two and go for a run but I know I've got to do it at the end of the day mm-hmm. um, so, so I'll get out and do that but I think that, that consistency of getting out there and, and I do believe for me it was it, it was two months because like I say I got to the the, the 40 day mark in the past um, and yeah I was like oh I forgot and I was in bed that night and you had forgotten and um, I thought yeah. too late now can't be asked. Um, so, so didn't do it so for me it, it definitely was that consistency because the, the, there's certain days even if you're only you know and there's weeks where I've only gone out and, and run a mile a day um, but there are days when you're really tired and you still don't want to do it but you just get out there and you, and you, and you just do that um, so that was the difference in training so I, and when I was looking at it was, it was probably about two months out when I did the run in the in the Brecon Beacons and I thought, right, what? It's not the distance. I know I can stay on my feet for sort of fifteen, sixteen hours. Mm-hmm. That's, I've, I've done that before. It, it's the elevation that's probably going to going to kill you, um, really, mm-hmm. in a race. So again, I planned that route. I was in the Brecon Beacon specifically, like I said, to do that. That it was pretty much the same amount of elevation as the Spine Sprint, um, mm-hmm. but it was half the distance. So you, you're packing that sort of climbing in yeah. um, over that short distance, and you know, I think. When I looked at the um, the effort, uh, the strain on on the old group strap thing here, yep. that that day <clears throat> came out at a higher strain than the spine race did. Um, so yeah, so so it was it was definitely sort of harder work. And I think I think for me that that sort of training works for me as well. And you know I've heard more and more people talking about the spine race as well. Um, and and I know there's there's a guy who. Um, he he's he's one of the uh, directors of the the company that services our trucks for us in work, and I didn't know he was a, a runner as well. But he went out and did the spine this year. Great runner, I've, uh, you know. As soon as I realised he was a runner, I had a look at him on Strava, and he's going out there and he's knocking half marathons out in a great time. And he went out to do the spine challenger um, this time, and you know went out, ran it, and got to twenty miles and, and blew up. So you know he, he was eighty miles short of his target because he was trying to run it. Um, yeah. Yeah. and for the spine you know when the more people you talk to even the likes of Damien Hall who's, who's been on the podcast as well um, a large proportion of his training is hiking um, yes because yep. Yep. you know if there's, there's no way um, say the guy the guy who won the spine sprint this year I think he, you know he clearly ran it because he did it in seven and a half hours yeah. <laughs> it's 44 and a half miles um, but you know I haven't got that. I haven't got that time, and most people haven't got the time to put that training in to do that. Um, and you, I think you know, we've sp- I've spoke about it before, where you've got to you've got to get that balance, haven't you, of like living your life and training. Um, oh, I, you know, well, I'm sure there were times in my life where I could have dedicated to to setting my mind on a specific time for for something, and you can train like a semi-professional athlete mm. um, if, if you choose to do it and you, your work hours allow then you could have a good go at it but you, know, you have to be at a time in your life where you're able to do it and, yeah yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's sometimes I wish I had um, you know, don't had a, a proper benchmark to say well I did a, a 3.30 marathon or 
uh, whatever. But um, the, the good thing is, if you've not dedicated yourself to it, it's not that important. No, so, it's uh, not. No, and you know, and I think that that's one of the things, and I've spoken about it a couple of times now. Is I think the difference in the past four years between doing events and then and doing them now is now I go out to enjoy them and I go out to I'm not not there to prove anything to anybody or beat anybody um, I'm there to, to enjoy the race beat the cutoffs um, enjoy the race have a good time um, yeah that's it it's about it's about doing it about obviously getting to the start line first which I, I actually I, I meant to mention that before getting you onto the spine about your preparation because you'll get to the start line and you'll probably get to the finish if you don't get to the start yeah. if you turn up injured but it's about getting to the finish line now really it's, I mean, who cares about the time yeah. on, on something like your spine sprint yeah and you know so, when, when you're an old man and you sit down and think you know 40 something miles uh, through the rain and over the hills um, it, it, I'm sure it seems like quite a lot to you just now but when, when you're over the hill yeah. you'll be able to say you know what no one can take that away from you that's a top effort yeah 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 definitely and uh, you know I think <clears throat> you know if, if I'm a 50 year old guy now so I'm, you know I'm old um, but if I look at the you know and I've talked to guys in work and I've talked to guys in, in and I was talking to a guy the other day who was, who was telling me how tired he was and how past it he was because he was now you know and and he was using and, and the phrase that the people use all the time which which I hate as well is in my day um, in my day I could have done this and I was like how old are you and he's like oh I'm 51 I'm, I'm knackered now and he was like how old are you and I was like 50 <laughs> you know what I mean and I, exactly. I, I, yeah. when I'm 51 I'm, I, you know I've got I know what I've done when I'm 50 my plans <coughs> for what I'm going to be doing when I'm 51 are, are, are bigger mm. um, as regards to that and I think you know again you, you hear people in my day, as if as if their life is is now over, and it's not. It's, it's still your day. <laughs> so God. yeah, well, it, it's there's a switch you have to flick from looking back. Mm. I mean, I could look back on what I've done and be absolutely delighted with it, but I would hate to go the next however many years thinking that your best years are behind you. It just no. it doesn't it doesn't bear thinking about stuff. It really doesn't. Whereas you can think, okay, well, I'm currently at this level and. You can always set targets, no, no matter how fit or unfit you are. Mm. Uh, a guy running the spine sprint in seven hours, he'll have set himself a new set of targets yeah. to do, yeah. um, based upon bettering himself. So that's the, the, the great thing about the competitive mind, mm. is if, it's, if you're competitive against yourself, yeah. you're never done. No. You, you, never, you never run um, a, a two-hour, ten marathon and think, whoa. How you know? How would you do that again? You know, I'd, I'd challenge anyone to come back on the fifty-six and do that again. Yeah, um, and, I, and I think just for the avoidance of doubt, Steve, I've not run a two or ten marathons. <laughs> <laughs> and and training-wise as well, I've, I've I've started using something else quite recently as well, and it's actually working really well for me. I was a bit skeptical about it, but it was one of those things. It was like have a free month and see where you go. And I don't believe you've come across this thing called uh, Human Go. No, I thought you were going to say a book. Um, no, 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 no. no so, get that. so I was watching. I was watching um, as I do on a Saturday morning when my partner's still in bed and I've been from a run. I come down, um, you know, we're not watching um, uh, the things she wants to watch on telly. I'm, I'm sat there and I'm watching GCN on YouTube, um, mm. catching up with a bit of Ben Parks, the runner, to see what he's doing. Just watching shit. So anyway, I was like, I was watching GCN and there was a guy, uh, or it might have been the Global Triathlon Network. Anyway, he was training for a race, 
um, and he was using this app called Human Go. Um, and basically what it is, is a, um, a training app that sets you a training program, but it's all um, AI driven. Okay. So um, you go on and I've, I went on, set it up. These are the events I've got planned this year. These are the dates of these events. Um, you know, and it goes through, links in with your Strava, looks where you're at fitness wise, <clears throat> and then starts to set you this training program. So again, a bit, bit skeptical about it. I thought, you know, what can it do? Um, mm. But it, it, it sets you these different workouts, so tempo runs, whatever you need to do through the week. Um, because you put your events in there as well, it also tapers you down for the events and keeps you going in between the events. Um, and it's been really, really good. <laughs> I'm really surprised about it. Um, and it gives you, it gives you feedback as well. Um, and I, I, there's, the, there's three settings for the feedback. There's neutral, there's cheery, and there's drill sergeants. Um, and, and I've set it. I've set it for cheery at the minute because I went out. <laughs> I went out. I think it was about a week ago, and it set me something like a six-mile run, um, and a six-mile run in an hour and ten or something like that. So it wasn't anything sort of major. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, and I went out and I did this six-mile run, and I think I did it in an hour or something like that. Um, and the drill sergeant gave me a right bollocking because I put in too much effort and I hadn't done what he said. And I think it, it was hilarious because like the feedback, <laughs> the, fee the feedback started off with, "Why am I even wasting my time with you?" Oh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so what I do, depending, that's what I'm doing at the minute, depending on what stage I've been trading, I'm changing the feedback to either I need a bit of encouragement this week, so be cheery with me and go, oh, it was all right, mate, or or or, uh, or the drill sergeant. But no, it's working. It's working. I've come to the end of my free month now, and I've signed up for it because it, it, it the, the work and it, what it does with the workouts as well, because it's linked in with your Garmin, it sends the workouts to your watch. So when I put my watch on that day for my run, it'll go, this workout's planned today, and then it'll, oh, really? it, it, it beeps through and tells me, right, okay, now you need to run in at zone three, now you need to run at zone two. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it going for a while and, and, and see how that works. Yeah. Again, I, I'm just watching it on GCN and say, this guy, what was he training for? He was training for the, um, I think it was the world's hardest gravel bike race in the States. Mm. <clears throat> I've got what it's called now. Um, and he, he was an ex-pro cyclist who's not cycled for a while and, and decided to give this human go yeah. away. And it was, it was, yeah, it was good. So, uh, yeah, I think if anybody wants to give that a go, it, it, it's a, you get your first 30 days free. I, I'm not on commission here. Um, yes. <laughs> yet. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at it. I mean, that's, that sounds like this, I mean, anything that can make it fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to get, to get like myself, get up and running again. Yeah. Um, anything mm -hmm. that makes it fun. Um, the only icing on that cake would be if it spoke to you as well. Uh, do you know what? It doesn't yet. Um, it just, yeah, just yeah. gives you feedback, but I, I reckon that's coming. I reckon, I reckon because I, I, in my mind I'm putting Joe Sergeant Harmon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, giving uh, Private Pile a hard time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but no, it's good. It, 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 it's it's like you say, it's something fun. It's something different, um, and it does give you a sort of really good workout. It's not it's not hammering me. Um, you know, I, I you know I've told like I said, I've told it my goals, told it what I wanted to do. I think this past week, because I came off the Liverpool Chester bike ride last week, um, yeah. and then into this this week, it's given me. Re it, I think it only planned <coughs> sort of two workouts in for me this week, but I've obviously run my miles in between that as well, um, and done where I needed to do. Um, so yeah, but because I just classed those miles, and I was almost just the rest day sort of recovery run um, and come back, and yeah, and and say so the other the other thing which. Um, 
again maybe a bit gimmicky but it's working for me is these bloody inflatable ice baths that I've got in my back garden mm. it's just that, that I feel coming back in the morning just jumping straight into that like I say it's not that cold at the minute but you know, mm. it's, I think it was about nine degrees this morning, so it wasn't that cold. But to come back off a run, just sitting there for sort of five or ten minutes, um, was it, it, it's helping with with the old sort of muscles. I've got no muscle soreness, what I haven't had anything like that at all. And yeah, I feel probably fitter now than than, than I have in a while, to be fair, and no aches and pains. Mm. Um, so like I say, you know, I know it's plastered all over Facebook and Instagram and everything. These bloody ice baths, everybody's jumping in at the minute. But yeah, I, I think it. It definitely works for me. It was nice, nice in the winter, coming back. I think it was minus two one day, here and I was sat outside with snow falling around me, and yeah, you just get used to it. Yeah. Well, that's it. If you live in Edinburgh, you don't need ice. Um, you know, the, water, the water comes out at a, a, a pretty frigid. Uh, it just six degrees or something. It comes out. It's proper. Yeah. Proper. Uh, well, I've I've done them in the past, but, but yeah. Uh, so so you just run a bath and hop in it. Yeah, so um, yeah, so so that was sort of the spine race and 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 the difference in training. The training's working well. I think the training's going to change over the next um, sort of six months or so a little bit um, into a lot a lot of sort of hiking training because the the, the spine challenge in January, um, yeah. which is going to be different again. Let's say most of that's going to be you know January starting what what time do you start start at eight o'clock on the Saturday. Got to be finished by I think eight o'clock Monday night. Um, so most of that's going to be done in the dark, um, pretty much, because yeah. you know it's going to be dark at sort of three o'clock, isn't it? Um, and it's going to be snowy. Um, yeah. So. Well, it's work out work out how long you want to suffer for, uh, and you, you same as time trialing on the bike, which I used to be fanatical and obsessive mm. about. Get your slowest speed up, yep. which for me was climbing. So if you decide that you're going to walk up the hills. Um, on that, if you can up your walking or your tabbing uphill pace by a tiny fraction, yeah, it needs forty-five <laughs> minutes or an hour off the length of time you have to suffer on your feet when mm-hmm. you get up to horse. Or so it finishes at. Um, I forget where where you finish, but, Post, but when yeah. You, yeah, when you get an hour from the finish, yeah. you'll be delighted that you've done an extra point four of a mile an hour. Oh yeah, totally yeah, and I think you know I'm sort of putting the plan together for that now, in that you know I think. Obviously, this is about fourteen hours to sort of Hebden Bridge this time. Mm. Um, the, the, it's actually a different finish line than the sort of checkpoint one for for Challenger because mm. you you sort of go a bit further. So Where it's forty four and a half for the sprint, I think the first checkpoint at Hebden Bridge is forty six miles. Mm. But I think you know if I can get in there for sort of six, you've got sixty hours to do it. So yeah. if I can get in there for sort of sixteen hours um, and you know get a couple of hours kip there, get some food down, a couple of hours kip. And then you've got sixty-two miles to go from there, and I think there's a there's a, a mini checkpoint at Malham Cove or up that sort of way, um, where you get, you're allowed to stop. I think you're going to have to stop for an hour, but yeah. But I think you know if I can get some kip at Hebden Bridge on that, and um, then the next sixty-two miles we'll just like just go for it. And I've got um, you know I want to. It's not an area I've been out in as well, so um, I think I've got the I've got the first recce planned for August so that will be from Hebden Bridge up to Gargrave which I think is about 30 miles so I'm just going to go up there for the weekend and just just yeah. do some really sort of strong hiking along that route um, and by by January I'll, I'll have covered the route um, so yeah. I'll, know, I'll know what to expect and then from January onwards 
Um, <clears throat> like I say, this this podcast will be going out probably Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, so Monday, um, the entries open for the spine race for next summer um, at one o'clock. Um, yeah. And one of the things that I've, I've sort of looked at and said, will they ever do the full spine? Do we really want to? And the bug's back. So as soon as as soon as it's one o'clock on Monday, I'm going to be on there signing up for the full spine next summer. Great stuff. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, will I finish it? Don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that's, it's, it's about the challenge as much as, when, before, well, a year away from it, it's about the challenge. It's, yeah. it's not, you're not already planning your checkpoint times and, and how you plan to get to the finish. It's it's that, there's there's an idea. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, from January onwards, I'll have, I'll have covered up to checkpoint one, up to checkpoint two, sorry. So then between then and sort of, um, between then and May, I plan on covering the rest in, and probably do a do a recce a month, get out there, and that'll be, you know, that that that'll be some good sort of strong hiking sort of thirty forty mile days. Uh, mm. Get that in, um, so there's no surprise in next summer. Um, How yeah. were you um, at the finish um, the other week? When... Do you know what I got got to the finish? Uh, felt all right. Um, yeah, so obviously you know feet are a bit sore. I had uh, as I was coming over the last sort of probably four or five mile. Um, I could feel a blister on the ball on my foot, sort of developing. Um, if it hadn't, if if there hadn't been a lightning storm going above me, I probably would have stopped and and taped, <laughs> I taped my feet up and you know prevented that blister. But I thought, now nah, I've got four miles, I can I can deal with this. Um, so got to the end, but yeah, I mean, even that even that blister, it was it was a fairly big blister. But but I got home on the Sunday. Um, again, this isn't medical advice. Um, <laughs> and another advice is not to burst them. Well, the numbers are medically qualified, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. But you know, I'll tend to uh, if you know I want to get out running, sort of pain free the next day. So yeah, popped that blister, um, did what I needed to do, um, um, got some tinctus in it, and, and sorted it out, and it, it was fine. But um, recovery wise, yeah, and I think that that's the measure for me as well because it's not like we said before about the training. It's not just about sort of running a race. You've got to be able to live your life afterwards. And if you, if you're walking around um, like Douglas Barder for the next sort of month, um, then th- there's mm. a reference there for us old people. There's younger people probably going to be uh, Googling. Yeah, Google <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're walking around there, for the, you know, and you can't live your life, then that's crazy. Isn't it? But yeah, I I booked the so I came back on the Sunday. I booked the Monday off work anyway. Um, and I got up on the Monday, went out for a run, and and ran four miles. All right. Yeah, I noticed, I noticed you just straight back on it, mate. Yeah, uh, and it was fine. So so recovery was really really good. Say so last last time I did it, um, the, the recovery certainly wasn't as fast uh, and as and as good. Because um, I, I think at the time, the house I was living in, we had a uh, my mother in law had been living with us at the time, and we had a stair lift. Going up the stairs, yeah. and I used that for about two days to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've and basically we've gone from using the stair lift to my feet were a bit sore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that yeah, so that was good. But yeah, and I think you know if if I was doing the, the you know if that happens on the spine challenge yet, yeah, then yeah, clearly I'm gonna. I, to be fair, I'll probably still get to the next checkpoint, and then you know get some help from you know take take burst the blister, take my feet up and cry. Yeah, you're gonna get blisters. Um, yeah, if you walk, you're very lucky if you don't. Yeah, you're extremely lucky. 108 miles, you, you're probably going to get a blister, and you know, 268 miles next summer, I'm going to have lots of them. So um, again, getting used to sort of walking 
on them and treating them. And again, that's part of it, isn't it? it, it you know, the the spine race itself, you know, it's not a running race. It's it's a foot race, mm-hmm. um, and it's an expedition race as well. Um, mm-hmm. So you you know you've got to carry your kit with you. You've got to do what you you need to do, and you you've got to sort of look after yourself. So you've got to get you know part of that checkpoint routine is getting into the checkpoint, sorting yourself out, eating, fueling, getting a little bit of kip, um, and then yeah, you know, get getting back out the door and you know in in a lot of time. So yeah, and I think this time as well, I spent a lot more. You know, the logist, the whole logistics of it, even like like I said, even just the, to the point of getting there and getting home, um, I, I planned a lot better because that didn't help last time as well because you know I think the first time I did it like I said I got to Hebden Bridge uh, sorry got to Hebden Bridge got the train down all the way back to Weedale and then there was like a two hour drive over from there as well so mm-hmm. you know to just be able to jump on the train in, in sort of three hours and, and be back home was, yeah. was, was, was beneficial really so uh, yeah and I think the only big event now that I've got before then is the Commando Shuffle in September yeah. so um, yeah but I think that's that that should be fine. We've got a fairly good team on that, so mm. yeah, we should get through that. But yeah, so a little a little anorak corner before we move on. Yeah, from the I noticed one of your photos. You have got obviously you've got your pack on. You've got is it a GPS? Yes, onto your and you had one on each side. Or, so no, so one of them was the spine race tracker, um, which, ah, cool. which they attached to, yeah. Um, and the other one was GPS, which you've got to. You, you pre- I, I can't remember whether that's on the recommended kit list or whether it's on the, or whether it's on the compulsory kit list. I've got a feeling it's on the compulsory kit list. You've got to have a GPS. And again, um, logistics-wise, uh, what happened to me on the first one was uh, I had the route on the watch, um, and I got to that snack van on the M62. Um, so I'm pretty much what. Uh, about twelve hours in, when you get to that, get to there, and the watch died, um, and then I put the GPS. I thought, right, I'll use the GPS now. Put the GPS on, and it was probably about forty minutes before the GPS loaded the route. <laughs> so I pretty much knew where I was, knew where I was going. Um, but if it had been in the middle of nowhere, um, and I'd have to rely on that. So this time, GPS was just on from the start with the route in it. Um, run alongside the watch. And again, the watch got to, it got to Nicky's snack van. Um, but what I did then um, was took the watch off, plugged it into a battery, and just yes. and just put it around my, my my strap. So it still worked. Um, it still worked. Just doesn't do your metrics. <coughs> yeah, just just doesn't do your um, your heart rate. So. But I still okay. had the, still had the route on that as well. So yeah, yeah, that that was that was something else as well. And it's these little things you pick up on the races. Make sure the GPS is just on all the time. You've got a spare battery. You do what you need to do. Um, so yeah, that, that, that cool. uh, see, next it is tempting to ask about food preparation, but we'll, we'll gloss over that for the time being. Yeah. Uh, you are using Whoop. Whoop, yes. Yeah. Right. Now, I have looked at Whoop. Yeah. Um, and the, I haven't. Well, I'm not doing enough exercise to make it worth buying a new pair of shoelaces at the moment. So. Mm. Um, Pros and cons. I obviously you're enjoying it because you're continuing to use it. But um, talk me through it because I I would be tempted. Yep. So yeah, whoop. Um, it, it ain't cheap. I think it's about twenty four pound a month or something like that. 
Um, so it's not not the cheapest on there. I think the probably the, the cheapest option if you're looking for something like that, but I don't quite fancy it. Is is the thing called the Aura Ring, which you you it, it's basically yeah, a ring. just just to get out from you and I am not endorsing this product. No, no, no. So there's two guys. Although I my first thought was that the actual units that you wear yeah. are a lot cheaper than the gum. Obviously, there's no screen on them, but they come in around two forty ish. I think yeah. I, yeah. so the so the, yeah the whoop device itself is free um so you get given you get sort of given the whoop, <coughs> the whoop device um but then you pay a subscription for it so um i got this when i first get whoop probably about two years ago again off the back of the rich roll podcast because obviously he heavily okay. endorses it um and i thought yeah i'll give it a go um so i'll give it a go i had it for probably about a year uh, and then thought, do I really need this? Probably not. Got rid of it, and then mm. missed it because I think it, it does really, really help. Because, I, and now as I've come to trust it a bit more as well, because just sort of an explanation about what it measures. It measures um, measures your sleep, uh, and I think it measures your sleep fairly accurately. To be fair, mm. um, it then in the morning gives you a percentage recovery score based on. Uh, your sleep, heart rate variation. It now, so I'm just trying to think of the thing it measures now. Let me have a look because um, it, it it's it's improved a lot now. So through the night, it basically measures um, your heart rate variation, um, your resting heart rate, your blood oxygen levels, your respiratory rate, and your skin temperature. So through the night, and then from that, it generates a recovery score. So if I look for last night. Went to bed probably a little bit later than I normally do last night. I was wide awake at five in the morning. I think my recovery score today was about average, so it was about 40, 44%. So not great. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd hope that tomorrow it, it's a lot higher than that. Um, and it gives you the strain rating as well for your day. Yeah, so, that's, 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 what it, that's what I've become aware of it for, is measuring your, your strain for the day through cycling. So um, the highest the highest strain rating you can have, and I've forgotten the measure it uses now, is twenty one. So it's basically scores you between naught and twenty one, um, and based on your recovery score each day, what it does is it tells you what your optimal strain would be for that day. So I think today it said my optimal strain would be between for, for a recovery score. I think it said optimal strain. Let me just have a quick look. I'll tell you now. Um, it said it'd be 12, 12.7 would be my sort of optimal strain for today, um, which I think I'm, yeah, I'm spot on, spot on that for a minute. But that's going to that'll go up a couple of points through the day. Um, so it'll tell you when you've overreached, um, and then you you know you need to get more rest. And I, and I do tend to trust it now because there's some mornings, and you know I've had this where uh, in the past where you wake up and you feel absolutely great, um, but by sort of one or two o'clock you're knackered. Um, and there are some mornings where you wake up and you don't feel that great, but you you know through the day you sort of get better. And, and Whoop tends to be quite accurate on that. Because some mornings I woke up and thought I had a crap night's sleep last night, and then I look at my Whoop score and my Whoop's like yeah you've got ninety percent recovery, which is something I'm thinking that, that's yeah. that's bollocks. But um, by I've had my coffee, I've had my breakfast, um, you know I've, I've been for my run or what have you, I feel great, and and through that day I'll tend to last so. Yeah, so it helps me. It, it does help me plan what I'm going to do strain-wise uh, as regards that day. Um, the highest strain that I've had on it again was that Brecon Beacons day, um, and that was twenty point nine. So it was 
point point one yeah. under the under the sort of maximum strain on that as well. Um, but you know, I, I think it works really really well for me. Um, so Good. Well, that's the, the the thing is, it's things start off as a gimmick. Yeah, and then someone you know gives it a try, and if if that's the acid test, is if someone like yourself. Top level athlete like yourself would <laughs> um, <laughs> would not necessarily recommend it, but say it works for you, then that that's that's the sort of road to test. You like you, so obviously when when Whoop will now be sending me out um, a unit um, and uh, men's large to extra well, large. I, I, um, I, I, I do. <laughs> I, I, I do actually have a referral code if you. Uh, <laughs> if you, I mean, um, you know what? Someone assuming that people listen to us, yeah. someone should take you up on that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, got I'll, code. I might put it. I'll put it in the link actually on there if anybody wants it. Um, but yeah, so again, you know, I, I'm endorsing it because it works for me, but. Uh, one of the things that that say whoop in fact really good podcast is the whoop podcast <laughs> okay. they've got their own podcast as well where they talk about sort of various aspects of training recovery mm. really really good but one of the projects they were involved in um um probably about 12 months ago was with the u.s military as well where they issued uh, an okay. enti- entire and enti- i forgot which unit it was but they issued the entire unit with um whoop straps free of charge uh, and okay. then they were monitored by the the PT team, um, and they based yeah. the training that they were doing with them on that, and that, that worked really really well for them. Um, mm. And I think if you look really really hard, I've seen a couple of them. I've seen quite a few of them on the Tour de France as well. Um, on yeah, that, that's where I've become aware of it in the last week or yeah. so. I mean, it's like I know it's out there, and I know that teams will be sponsored by it. Yeah, but it it seems. I mean, obviously, it says look, these guys are twenty point five out of. 21 yeah. every day, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, um, does is that yes, you'd expect that they'll not need anyone to, to tell them that they've just fogged themselves all day, but to actually come down several levels, no offense, uh, from that level <laughs> yeah. to, to, to someone who's who's output very uh day to day to a plan to see if it's accurate enough to follow your you know, you've had an easier day, you know, you've had a good mm. night, does it? pick up exactly where you think it should be the morning after and if it if it says this is what you should be doing today uh, a run at 16 out of 21 mm. uh, would you go with that and say okay that's that's what i need to do or yeah sometimes i will um if i've got a run up you know sometimes you know i think the lowest the, the lowest recovery I've had on it was the day after the spine sprint actually when i woke up because i'd gone to sleep i got to sleep on the sunday night um, I woke up on the Monday morning. Uh, again, legs, you know, although my legs were quite restless through the night, obviously, uh, I didn't have a great sleep because uh, I was still a bit dehydrated, I think, and what have you like. And then I woke up on the Monday morning and my, my recovery score was 1%. <laughs> um, but but I wanted to get out and just sort of get some miles in the legs that day. And that was when I went out and did, did, did four miles, you know. So you're not, you're not going to die. Um, but I so said, I went out and did that. But I think there's a, I think you know, there's a, there's a lot sort of goes into it. And you, your your strain that you put on in a day and the time you put it on in a day as well also has a direct correlation to your recovery the next night. And I think if you put no strain in, then you don't get as good a recovery. I, I feel I've got to, you've got to do something every day. Um, you know, and I think there's 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 a fair bit of evidence out there that your um, exercising earlier in the morning gives you a better sleep the following night. Okay. Um, so yeah, and that, that's one of the reasons why I tend, you know, apart from the fact of just getting it out the way before work, 
Mm. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I feel if I can exercise in the morning, I'll, I'll probably have a better rest that night as well. But yeah, it does it does tend to? I, I feel it's it's accurate. Like I say, because there are those days where I've woke up and I've thought I've had a great sleep, and Whoop's going, "No, you haven't." Um, and, <laughs> uh, and I'm like, oh, "Rubbish." But you know, by sort of midday, I'm like, and I, "I don't." Is it a suggestion? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Am I looking at it and going, "Whoop's told me I've had a crap sleep," so I think I don't know. Um, but I think training wise, it, it it it's definitely it works for me, and I miss it. I missed it for those two months I didn't have it. Uh, and yeah, I don't feel my training went went quite as well, you know. Uh, mm. But worth having, I think. It, good because my the only comparison I would have at the moment is the, the Garmin's recovery score. Yeah, which is a bit hit and miss yeah. sometimes. Um, it, it's nice to know, but but when you've been out and done a, a four mile run and it says you're going to need forty two hours to recover from that, so really. Yeah. That's about a slap in the face. <laughs> it's just for me, you know, it's just ease with the whoop strap because I never take it off. Um, you can wear it in the shower. You can do whatever you need to do. It just stays on your wrist all the time. Um, and the great thing, I haven't got one here. But the real, no, the real. No, I was looking for the battery because the real good thing about it as well is you charge the battery separate. So mm. like, I leave the battery on charge, and then basically you just clip the battery over the top. And yeah. then walk around and it recharges, so you've never got to take it off. When the app on the phone goes, you know, you're down sort of twenty percent, you put the battery mm. on, within an hour it's charged back up, you put it and you've never ever got to take that off. In fact, I've wondered why Garmin haven't got that sort of technology on their watches. You know, you'd think you could have the battery yeah. you just clip on the side, um, and it would because it's it's basically it's similar to your um it's similar to your phone, so you haven't got to plug it in anywhere, it's proximity charging. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that if if Garmin are listening, I think that's why, if you just have that those batteries you could clip on the side of your watch that could charge your watch with that that'd be that'd be ideal. The other thing Garmin possible that's it. <laughs> the, the, you've got that little close peg charger. Um, yeah. For mine, hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, how did how did you find it? Were you wearing the Garmin when it ran out or was running a battery? Yeah. And then you had it on your shoulder. Yeah, um, pretty much. So yeah, did it behave? It was fine. Yeah. yeah, so it was. Um, yeah, I, I just. In fact, I, I clipped it sort of down here. By great for a podcast, but yeah, I clipped it down by my belt, really. And I had the um, the, uh, the the power bank just in the pocket at the side oh. of it, so it, it, it worked all right. Okay. Yeah, it charged it up. Uh, okay, not that I'll ever be running long enough to <laughs> flatten the battery or anything again. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think you. Know, I think you know. I'm coming to the. I've I've had this watch a while now. It's still doing all right if it plays up now and again. But yeah, I think I think when I eventually trade it in, I'll probably get the solar version, which isn't going to be great on the um, on, on the, win, the, the winter. They look good. They look really. The I was hoping that the price would come down on yeah. Black Black Friday, Black Monday. Yeah, yeah. At the end of last year, Garmin, come on. Yeah. They, they, there was no price drop at all because yeah. I was I'm hoping to pounce on one. But. Yeah, I, th- I think the inst- the instinct isn't too bad. The instinct solar because um, I, I, I like they're a bit more sort of rugged. The instinct, so I, t- I tend to mm. sort of sort of keep getting those. But yeah, I think that's. But I'll, I'll just hang on. So I don't unless it unless it dies, I don't tend to sort of mm. get rid anyway. Obviously, um, other companies, chorus and yes. such. If you would like Steve and I to witter about, yeah. If you want me to want me to try, I want us to try it. It's fine. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, who knows? Like I say, if you want to send me this, the, the order ring, which is the, the sort yeah. of competitor, I'll, I'll give that a go as well. But, but, you know, you drive past Bus Shelter and it says, advertise your company here. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, we're not proud about whose product we discuss. No, not at all. No, no. And I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about anything as long as it works. And if it's free, I'll, I'll talk about it for hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I'll tell you, uh, one thing I'm going to try tomorrow, I, I, I don't know whether I put this video out actually, um, but I bought some um, new trainers and I was going to use a new running shoes. I was going to use them for the spine, but it was one We're, of, we're endorsing running shoes as well, though. Yeah. Superb. Well, <laughs> I was going to use them for the spine because I've, I've run a few miles in them and they're really, really comfortable. However, I've not tried them on the spine and I thought this isn't the event where you're trying out new kit. <laughs> um, no, no, not at all. No, not um, even the sprint version of it. So, no. and, and I, the reason I bought them was because I heard somebody who'd done the spine and used them, review them, and I was like, oh, that sounds really good. And they were the, um, I've forgotten the name, bloody name of them now. Um, La Sportiva they are. La Sportiva mm. Cyclones, right. So these mm -hmm. are weird looking trainers, weird looking running shoes in that they've got like a little gaiter that sort of comes up as well. Um, yes. up over your yeah. ankle um, and they haven't got laces on they've got the rock climbing dial thing on the side yeah. Yeah. Put it in. and they're really really light they're really really comfortable uh, for running in um, but yeah I, I was I was all set to wear them for the spine and I got three weeks out and I thought you, last, you time, last time yeah. you did this you were hocus speed goats and they were perfect get another pair of hocus speed because the, the other ones had just died um, so I got those and yeah, they did really well. But I'm going to, because I mean, tomorrow's only a half marathon. So I'm going to give these La Sportiva an outing on the mountains tomorrow. Because uh, the, the grip's really good. Um, really, really comfortable. Really, really light. Um, so yeah, I'll, 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 I'll see what they sort of turn out tomorrow and who knows. Because I know these, the La Sportiva that I've got, the, there's a winter version as well, which have got slightly higher gaiters and a mm -hmm. Gore-Tex. Um, mm. And if these, if I can use these for the recce's and whatever, or take them with me over the next couple of months, and they're fairly decent, then I might invest in them for the winter because, okay. like, again, it's a bit of an unknown the winter as regards what you wear on your feet. I, I was looking at um, last year's spine race videos for the winter, and some people are wearing running shoes, and some people are wearing Altbergs. So it's yeah, um, yeah right. it, it, it's just what 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 you're gonna wear, isn't it? But uh, yeah. Well, obviously, if Ed La Sportiva, who will be listening to our pod, Steve's obviously got a pair already, so, um, so I, yeah. like, I like to size up, so that would be UK Gents <laughs> 12 uh, for that. And since I live in Edinburgh, you want to give me the wet weather version uh, yeah, for that? Yeah, but I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll see what they're like tomorrow. I'll, um, I'll record a couple of videos and, and see where we're at. Um, but I think I think that'll be pretty good for tomorrow, to be fair. Um, and if, if what have you got plans tomorrow, mate? You oh, you sure it's snowed in snowed half tomorrow, yeah. So uh, yeah, so I'm going to drive out first thing in the morning, get that done, drive back, and it's about it's about a two hours drive, but it'll be all right. Um, just do that. Nice. Now as I repaired my car as well because when I was driving to the airport on, um, again this made me feel old in work. So I was driving to the airport on Wednesday, I think it was. Three o'clock in the morning, so it's still dark. Got to the end of my road, put my indicators on, and my headlights went off. I was like, that's not good. Um, and then every time I put my indicator on, my headlights went off. So because because we're, we're old farts, you know, mm. I, I thought back to my sort of Mark One Fiesta that I had, and I thought, I know exactly, yeah. I know exactly what this is. It's the switch. It's the indicator multi switch. Mm. And I'll, I'll I'll just I'll get another one. And I'll change it. And because I'm a cheapskate uh, and I don't buy complicated cars, um, and I drive a Dacia Duster 
I went on eBay, um, and the, the missus drives an Audi, and if, she, if this had gone wrong with her car, I can guarantee this would have been three or four hundred quid's worth of switch that we needed to provide. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, plus indicators yeah. on, on, on a German car, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I went on eBay, uh, bought a brand new multi-switch, I know we're going off topic here, brand new multi-switch <laughs> from a car. Um, and it cost me £11.50 <laughs> uh, yeah. um, and I've just gone this morning and just took the other one off and put it on but I was in work and I was, I was talking to one of the young lads in work and I was saying oh bloody car what have you like and he was like oh god he goes well there's a garage round here they, they'll do it and I was like I'll, I'll just do it myself and he's like you'll change it yourself wow I was like yeah it's just four screws I'll just take it off oh what if it goes wrong and I was like go wrong I, so I remember I, I and incidentally, I was watching the news yesterday, and I think they made the last ever Fiesta yesterday, didn't they? So they, they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I had this bright yellow Mark One Fiesta with no mechanical knowledge whatsoever, and I think I rebuilt it over the course of probably about a year. Um, but yeah, great. Anyway, just totally but off Halford, topic there. Well, it is, but Halfords want us to believe that you can't even fit a wiper blade yourself. Like. I know, I know. I went in wiper blades for our sixty-three plate Skoda. Um, and they wanted, to, oh, we can get one of our staff to fit it for seventeen pounds. So. Although. My previous, the car I had before this was a Citroen C4, and oh my god, I loved it, I loved the car, um, but electronics-wise, there's always stuff going wrong with it, but you just sort of accept it at the end, there's French quirkiness that one day you're going to turn the heater on and it's going to change the radio station, that's just the way it is, um, so, um, but uh, one of my headlights went, and I thought, I'll just go and buy a headlight bulb, oh my god, it was it was so, so tight, uh, yes, yeah. so, so, I was trying to do it. I, I think I did it once and like cut my hand open and did whatever I do. Next time the headlight bulb went, I paid the I just paid the guy in Halford seven quid. I was like, yeah, mm. go change my bulb for me. <laughs> you get your hands yeah. cut. <laughs> I, I have exactly the same thing with the Skoda because you have to go under the bonnet through a tiny little aperture to get into the lighting box. Yeah. And I think when I, my hand came out, it looked like I'd been street fighting. My yeah, hand was oh, that, that, a bit. And it took me about 35 minutes to actually get the correct movement. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that would have been £17. Yeah. Well, anyway, so to carry on the endorsement. Um, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> car manufacturers, if you're listening. Yeah, I'll have, I'll, I'll have, one, I'll have, I'll have one of the new... Uh, yeah, I've been looking at the, the, the Dacia Duster Extremes. I'll have one of those. They look really nice. <laughs> But no, I, you know, I, because I'm old, I'm I, getting older now. I love that because also I've got this big car with this tiny little engine and loads of space. So if I need to change yeah, something, I can just change it. But yeah, that's that's another one of the benefits of getting old as well. Is you can just you know rather than paying three hundred quid to fix your car, you spend eleven pound fifty and get it. Yeah, exactly. In fact, in fact, anyway, to, to, to drag us back onto topic, uh, Steve, <laughs> the four the four year anniversary of you and I meeting yes. on the finance. So it is, mate, yeah, that, no, it, it shows how off off the the radar I've been. It's yeah. Fandance Weekend. It is. And it, Fandance Weekend. It, 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 how, how it, I've not been going online, I've not been going to go and tabbing. Um, a lot of people we know are, um, as we speak, uh, well, obviously some of them will be finished by now, but they'll be um, flying their way up the fan. Yeah, Andy Steele's doing his last ever fan dance. Um, yeah. So it's a shame I couldn't get down there really this weekend. But Same yeah. here, mate. Couldn't, couldn't um, swing the thing off. Couldn't swing it. But yeah, they'll be, um, yeah, they'll be, they'll be heading up now. So, um, but yeah, but, uh, but yeah, it was four years ago, wasn't it? Because I met you um, coming down. Um, you were doing double tap as well, weren't you? Yeah. 
Yes, oh god, yeah, unbelievable as it seems. Yeah, uh-huh. doing double tap and um, we crossed the line pretty much together. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah, met your own way. Um, yeah. Which, when you think how competitive we both are, um, <laughs> neither one of us can remember who, who probably finished, nah, who, no, no. Who, who edged in front at the end. But and that, um, now, now, now was, and, and now as a no, yeah, uh, I think if, if it was now, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have tried to drop you. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, well, all I do remember about the, the family. First of all, um, I got given a Facebook memory this morning, yeah, um, and it was all about this is it's the most difficult event I've ever done, and I was thinking, wow, actually, that's I forget just how brutal that was because yeah. I've done a lot of I had done a lot of, um, and I had done two marathon distance within the previous two months, yeah, uh, that one um, as at the end of the West Highland Way, and one as the Edinburgh Marathon. You think, wow, for me to say. That that's the toughest event I've done is saying something. Um, and the other thing I remember is it's a downhill finish. Yeah. And once you get the momentum downhill, it's it's a bit of a, a, a am I going to stop for the gate or not at the bottom, or am I just going to throw myself over it uh, to, to rather than try and get through the gate? So uh, tremendous event. I, I I was all nostalgic for that this morning, very much. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um... Yeah, I think I think I'll I will give it a go. That's just a coffee machine in the background there, but <laughs> I will. Yeah, I, I will give it a go. Is that is that slang for your partner? Uh, uh, both. Coffee? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in well, fact, no, I, I, I thought. Think, in fact, I hope she's making me a coffee. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? The, the power of television. I can watch you getting weighted on hand and foot. Well. Um, I I thought this morning I definitely would love to. I've I've swithered about the fan. Um, I would love to go back and do it again. Yep. Maybe not double tap, but yep. just to get down there, either as part of the event or just to go down and do it um, of, of a weekend. Yeah, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm always willing to go down, mate. So, uh, yeah, just if, yeah. You, if you're down this way or what have you, then uh, let us know and we'll, uh, mm. we'll, we'll head up there anytime. But, uh, how's the camper van going anyway? It's, it's fine, mate. I've not done a lot in it, to be honest. I've had one lovely weekend away up at Glencoe, um, and I haven't, just for commitments and, again, not being well, um, I haven't been making the most of it so far. I've not been able to. Um, I have got two long weekends in August, two six-day weekends, um, and I've just cleared my diary for the two of them, and I'm going to go... I bought it to explore Scotland because you scratch the surface and it's a beautiful country. Uh, I've got to go up and do different parts of the West Coast, hopefully climb some Munros and maybe take the bike as well. Who knows? Um, but just right, most of it, you know, you buy something, you save and, and you plan to do stuff and then suddenly you get to the 7th or 8th of July and you've done fuck all. Um, for one reason or another. Um, and you think, well, you can either carry on doing that or you can actually just stop not doing something. Um, yeah. Back to touching again on what we spoke about in the last uh, part of just not, you get the habit of doing things. Yeah. Um, and I just need to get back back into the habit of actually just get out and get it done right now. No one's coming to help you. Exactly. So, yeah. No one's going to come in and put a hand around your shoulder and say, they're there. Um, isn't that a shame? You just have to go out and get stuff done, Steve. So, yeah, it would be nice to get a handful of Munro's climbed because uh, the, the scenery in certain parts of Scotland, um, which segues me on to talking about FKTs again. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Um, as, as much depth as you like or not on it, I discovered a couple of fastest known time routes which haven't had a time set on them yet. 
which for me I thought that's perfect. <laughs> um, and then one of them goes up to Spean Bridge. So I thought anyone from Gone Tabbing who is going up to do the uh, Spean Bridge Commando Speed March. Yeah. There's one for either the day before or right. the day. Um, and it goes from Rannoch Station. So you basically you would get the train from from Fort William. You get trained down to Rannoch Station, take about 40 minutes, and then it's 26 miles back. And that will be 26 of the most beautiful, scenic, remote miles that you'll ever do in your life. Um, and it's, it is called, just let me refresh my memory, because obviously I never have anything to hand. Uh, there's, there's two, there's one that I might not mention, I might try and do it myself. It is called Moore <laughs> Than Meets the Eye. Um, and it goes, it's in this uh, plan planner book as a, t- a two days with an overnight, but we laugh at 26 miles in two days. Gotcha, yeah. Um, but it, it's it's going to go up over Rannoch Moor, and you'll probably, if you go through the week, you won't, you won't see another person all day for that 26 miles. Finishes in, in um, Loch Eyre, Spain Bridge. Um, which is a short distance by train to Fort William, so it would fit in nicely with that weekend for anyone that wants to do it. Yeah, um, no, definitely that stuff sounds. When, when is the Spainbridge March? You going? I can't remember what month we saw. I'm, I'm going to say March. Um, I, I'm going to say March, and I can be shot down or praised for remembering that it's March or not. Um, I have nothing here to say when it is. However, it's. Um, it's one of these. I'm looking at organising weekends for myself away, and if I ever get fit enough to be confident that I'm going to be fit on the 25th of August, uh, I'm going to just throw open to anyone else that wants to come along and see bits of Scotland, do some climbing. Um, maybe, you know, obviously, I'm not on the drink at the moment, but um, there would be a couple of good evenings as well. Uh, where you get away and into the accommodation. So I'm mean, I getting heckled in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> no, and Elle's just the, she's, she's the noisiest person in the world. <laughs> well, I'm just, the turn, I'm just turning the sound down as I'm going along while you're talking. So. Well, the good news is that it's not, it's not coming through the pod. Uh, so, uh, I know, because I'm turning, I'm turning the sound down as, I'm doing, as, as, as you're talking. But no, that sounds good, mate. That sounds good. But see, once you scratch the surface of the SFKT website, it's unbelievable. There, there, there's one near everybody in the country, um, and I found even just the roots an interesting read that you can actually um, two sugars in mine would be nice, mate. Uh, Steve has just had a coffee delivered to him by his really noisy partner. <laughs> but you know, it's it's back to that. Uh, I looked into this just after we spoke on the last pod. Uh, and I was thinking, yeah, do you know what? Explore the country, and this will actually help you plan what you do. Um, or not, if, if maybe you don't need that. Maybe you just like to park and wander off. But uh, uh, there's definitely some good tabbing out there. Um, and again, it just makes me think, if you live in Scotland, why would you go anywhere else to do your tabbing? I mean, well, I'm very lucky up here. So as indeed are you. Where you are, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, I said I've not done an awful lot in in Scotland, really. Um, so yeah, but at any time, mate, yeah, I think yeah, uh, be good to good to get up there and, and do some stuff. And I think you know, doing the recce's for the for the spine is, is going to just dip my toe into Scotland, but but only just. But um, and again, a, a place I've not sort of a place I've not done a lot of sort of um, running or anything in is is the Cheviots. 
um, yeah. and that's the, the final sort of push on the spine race as well so that'll be interesting to, to yeah. get up just, just for your information there is no itch in Yetum okay yeah. Uh, you, you'll be marked down as an outsider yeah um, Yetum or if you're from the border Yum yeah <laughs> 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 but no yeah and, and like I say you know you've got your camper van as well if you're uh, if you're coming down to the Brecon Beacons I'm sure if we put it out on there uh, Gontab there'll be a, a few guys down there brand new car park down there now as well massive car park um, really? Yeah, if you go down to um, you know the well, you know where the main well the main part not opposite the Story Arms the right. what it's called now um, Southern Bridge yeah they're down the bottom um, yeah. so National Trust now have built a massive car park there um, okay. so it's uh, if you're a National Trust member totally free if you're not £7.50 um, to park for a day but yeah it, it pays for that car park I, I was looking today on the um, on the Gontabin page and the AE page and they've set up camping in that car park now um, but yeah, it's plenty, okay. plenty, plenty of room down there. It's really, really good. Mm. Um, but yeah, cool. Well, we've done another, done another one. Yeah, it's good, mate. I've, I've, I, one of these times, I'm going to come on properly prepared. Before the, <laughs> it's boring it's, being prepared, I, mate. I it's, but, uh, yeah, I've got a. I, I had, do you know what? I had, I had a few other guests lined up for the podcast. One, uh, a couple of them just just ghosted, <laughs> just disappeared. What <laughs> that's about? Um, but yeah, I've got a couple of couple of people going on, so I've got a plan to get a few more out the next couple of weeks before me and you chat again, anyway, uh, and do that. But yeah, good to good good to see you, mate, and uh, glad to see you. You're still out training. Um, and <laughs> <There you are>. <laughs> <laughs> I always get a giggle these days. Man. Yeah. yeah. No, same for yourself, mate. I'll be very interested to see how your prep goes. Um, yeah, well, I shall. Um, it's very easy to slow down after a big event. It is. Um, it so is. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted you've got your little jaunt tomorrow. Yeah, um, I've got that jaunt tomorrow, and I think with having the the uh, spine challenge yet, and say hopefully, I, th- I think the the entries for the summer spine are always fairly easy because everybody sort of wants to do the winter one so the full one in, in I should get a place on that on Monday um, but I'll be logging on at one. in fact in fact, I was in work uh, yesterday and somebody tried to book me a meeting for one o'clock I was like no between one and a half past and I've got a I've, just, I've blocked it out on my calendar now I've, I've just I've just I've got it on my Outlook calendar as important update meeting so nobody else can <laughs> can book me a meeting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I thought blocking that out. So as soon as one o'clock comes out, hopefully they won't. Be, they, well, what they've done with the entry system this time is rather than open all the events at once, they've opened yeah. one at midday, one at one at one o'clock, one at two o'clock. So it shouldn't blow the uh, blow the entry system up like it did um, last time. <laughs> but we shall see. Brilliant. Look, good to speak to you, mate. I'm going to uh, I'm going to go and enjoy my coffee now, uh, and cool. um, yeah. And do mundane things like go shopping and, and what have you, and then prep my kit. Um, well, the real look, world, the real world, Steve. The real world, mate. Get get the kit ready for tomorrow. Look, luckily, there isn't isn't a lot to carry. And I think the uh, one thing I did mention about the spine as well. I think I did mention it in the video. Was basically um, was my last minute sort of kit change as well. In that I had this brand new montane gecko which is a great piece of kit stuck it on the day before the race with all the water in it, and my god it was so uncomfortable with, with weight in it mm. um, and yeah I went back to the um, the piece of kit that I carried on the first spine sprint which was the big house fast pack or something like that mm. it was really really good and it just fits like a glove so I think I shall be keep it, keeping that although it's probably not big enough to carry all the kit in for the winter so 
It, good that you tested it before you went out. As, as with the shoes, mate, that's an experienced thing. Is you, yeah, you just, you, you'd rather. Um, I think you said that you felt the pack was everything was sitting very low. Oh, it was, and, and, and there was. Do you know what? There was loads of other people wearing them as well, um, because it seems uh, Montaigne had a big sort of push on them. I think before the spine. Um, and loads of people were saying they were great, but I was looking at them on the backs, and you could see that the weight was like really sort of far down the back. I was like, it doesn't that doesn't work for me. I need it quite sort of high up. Um, mm. Well, the weight, you know, it's quite high up on my back, but yeah, it was it, it just didn't work for me. But the, the, the ideal scenario was you don't notice it's there. Yeah, but but to be fair, I'll, I'm going to get it out now, and I'm, I may wear that tomorrow because I'm going to carry a lot of weight tomorrow. There's a lot of weight to carry for the spine, um, mm. and particularly in winter, there's even more weight because I've got to carry. Of sleeping bags a cooker all that mm. sort of stuff which you didn't have to carry last time so yeah I'm not sure you know I may even I may even dig out the old tabbing rucksack for, for, for this for the winter one I don't know but anyway mate good to speak to you um, and we shall speak again soon no doubt but yeah if you're if you're planning on coming down this way or say mm. um, August I'm, I'm heading off for the first recce like I say from Hebden Bridge to Gargrave so that's that's my plan then. That's my the big event for sort of. I'll keep tabs on you for when you're coming up north, north, and mm. uh, see about that because a lot of these recce's are better done if you've got two cars or if you've got someone yep. that far. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Because it does get it does get quite remote when you get up to the north, north um, of the country, and you discover that there's well, I, you probably know already it, from A to B, you, you could probably walk it just about as quickly as you can drive around the. Yeah. the the driving route uh, to get there, so certainly help you out on that if at all. Excellent, mate. Right. Have a fantastic day, Lovely. buddy. Right, I'll get your coffee and say hello to your partner. For I will me. do. All right. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate. Bye. See you soon. We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost.